Welcome to the U.S. Fire Journal Podcast. We offer views and opinions on the fire service around the world with no topic too tough to handle. Visit us at usfirejournal.com for all your fire service information. Now, here's your host, Jay. Good morning and welcome into the podcast. I am Jay. Today is March 22nd, the year 2022, and today is a Tuesday, and uh, it's been a minute, hasn't it? I I missed the pod. I wanted to do the podcast on Friday, especially because I've got a ton of questions um, that people want answers to, and so I'm gonna um, hit that up tomorrow. I'll do questions on Wednesday, and uh, I did want to just do a little uh, housekeeping here with the with the U.S. Fire Journal podcast. Um, this is, I'm, I'm doing another podcast, doesn't have anything to do with, with fire. Um, and I'm doing it twice a week. I just got finished submitting everything. Um, and so I'll be back on here three times a week. I can't tell you it'll be every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. It might be Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. I, I don't know, but at a minimum of three times a week. And also as a, as a housekeeping note, uh, I, am, I have guests lined up. And I've tried to keep this as quiet as possible. I've got to reach out to a couple who I want to have on. Um, I got put way behind trying to get this other podcast up and running. Uh, it's still not running yet, but it is up. Um, and so, you know, that's kind of put things a, a little bit sideways. But I want to start off today. I received, did receive an email. It's from a young firefighter who was just assigned to a ladder truck in his department. And uh, they do, they actually, their ladder truck's not just parked. It's a ladder truck. It's a... Um, a ladder truck that's fully fully staffed. And he said, hey, I'm trying to learn all the ladders on the truck. Want to find a, a, a chart of some sort that shows which ladders go to which floors. Could you help me out? And so I replied by email. Now, I'm just going to say this in general. Um, I, I did send a chart. And you can find these depending on uh, where you are in, in books. Um you know, ladder company books, uh, you can get it. Um, certain fire departments put out their own guides um, that, that they make available. I remember in, in the late 80s, I reached out to the FDNY about getting a copy of their ladder, ladder manual. Uh, back then, you could get a copy of it easily. And uh, I got mailed this giant copy of it. And uh, I was then making uh, copies for, for the guys that I was in the department with, or that I was in my company. And so it ended up being a costly thing back in the day because you had to go to a store to get a, to get a copy done. Um, that or know someone at a school or, or in admin and admin jealously guarded their copiers because let's face it for admin people, a copier, it's their water. They're, they're very stingy with their water. So the question was, you know, so, so I, here's what I would say just in general. Uh, we all know engine companies typically carry a 24-foot extension ladder. There are exceptions to that. 14-foot roof ladder, 10-foot folding attic ladder. Um, some carry others. You know, some just have a very basic complement. 
one of the uh, one of the important things is is understanding something that you can have a God and they're good rough estimate especially for promotions just to keep your head in the game all those things there is nothing that beats going out into your area your uh, district and determining just where ladders fit on buildings so you have a two-story apartment building and you need to get to the roof uh, to do some vent work because fire departments do ventilation when they know what they're doing right pros ventilate it's just the way it is so you throw a ladder up and you're like cool you know you get up there now, however, this building has some interior modifications being done, and the only access to it is over a construction dumpster that just happens to take up all the space right there. How does that change which ladder you're going to grab and throw? Let's say there's a person in the second floor, and they urgently need a ladder thrown. But you can't get up against the building. So the ladder that always works suddenly doesn't work depending on conditions. For example, you're in an area that's hilly or mountainous uh, with lots of nice little angles where you have to turn your wheels in or out uh, when you're parking your, your car at home. Well, it is different there. So the one-size-fits-all really doesn't work every time. It's a guide. It's a rough guide. So think about when you're, you're out and you're looking at apartment buildings, houses, industrial, businesses, whatever. Think about not only what ladder will get you to the second floor, third floor, whatever, but what would you have to use to get past an obstacle? Makes sense. Straight ladders, if you're on an aerial device, or if you're on a truck company, straight ladders, throw them. Throw them if you got them. Um, extension ladders, throw them. I, I've listened to people who don't have, you know, much experience at all um, dismiss throwing ladders and climbing ladders. They will. Wow, we don't need that here. <laughs> what you need is better leadership. That's what you need. Because if, here's the bottom line, firefighting is not just a horizontal activity. You're not just going into a house. You have to go up. You do. And people say, wow, we don't have any built. What happens if you get called on a mutual aid call? What happens if you end up in a city 45 minutes away? Excuse me. <coughs> what happens then? Oh, I know. And there's always a smart ass, right? There's there's the certified smartass and the certified guy who says, well, you know what, we never, I don't care. No one cares. You talk too much. The bottom line is this. You need to know the job. You need to do the job. To know the job means going out and actually putting yourself in situations. You're at your very best, trying your very best to put yourself in, in situations where you learn. Knowledge is important. I'm not saying that, that everybody is going to be throwing ladders, you know, three times a month. They should, but maybe not. Um, but you will throw ladders. And your professionalism will either be passing or failing. And look, I've got enough videos. Uh, 
from where I live and other places that showcase failures and successes. And the failures are horrific. It's the way it is. Try to know, you know, it's one thing to read it. It's another thing, or to add to it, go out and do it. So one size doesn't always fit all. You know, we can say, well, every time we get a fire, we draft. Congratulations. Every time you get a fire, you draft. But what happens when the first time rolls around that that's not possible? Then what do you do? You're going to stand there? I recall this video, and this irritated me to no end. It shows a first do engine showing up. This first do engine gets there. People get off the truck. Of course, they're, they got their, they got their uh, SCBA on. They're fully clothed out, but they're breathing air. Coming off the truck. And they jump down, and they commence to f just, just a blind panic running around the engine, trying to figure out what to grab out of what compartments. Um, the acting company officer is pretty much paralyzed just walking back and forth. And it appeared that, the, that this person was trying to tell people what to grab when, yes, there's basic communication that has to take place, but it shows a lack of any sort of competence at all by the fact that when people got off the truck, every one of them had to wait to be told to do something. And then they all proceeded to run around. Meantime... Another engine pulls up, and this is not 30 seconds later. This is a, well, what some of us would call a significant amount of time. Second engine pulls up. That officer gets off, goes up to the first engine, and pulls an attack line, because in all this time, there's no line on the ground. You see the acting company officer go over and I don't know if he's trying to take the line or talk to the person and the guy just waved him away he's disgusted the second dude they've grabbed the line they've secured the water supply <laughs> and they go up and start uh, an interior attack through the front door turns out this wasn't a very big fire it certainly would have been, wouldn't have been as big as it was had the first dude been able to put their competence into action. Instead, they put incompetence into action. It was horrible. Oh, by the way, the people running around the truck on air, before they ever went interior or did anything else, they had to change out cylinders. Yeah. Pros, mind you. Pros, pros. Oh, they're pros. Yeah. Some people call it stealing a paycheck. Whatever you want to call it, I, you know, that's... The bottom line is, the public got to see that. These people's house, yeah, they got to watch it. So did the neighbors. Um, it's horrible. We all have to learn to make snap judgments, right? I mean, that's the way it goes. But snap judgments or snap calls aren't really that. If you're training and educating yourself and others enough, those are actually calls that have been made before. In other circumstances, not in its entirety, but adapting and overcoming. And trust me, there are videos out there that are worse. Hard to be, but there are. I saw a house on a main 
thoroughfare um, that, that had smoke showing that this department completely burned down. They did. Horrendous. This was a separate fire, by the way. Another fire, another department. And for all the world, you know what they were told at the end? Great job. It was anything but. No one, no one, and the command officers were there. No one corrected that fire. And you know why? No one could. It's one thing to look good on paper. It's quite another to be good at what you do. There we have the, the tremendous distance between some departments who claim they're good and other departments who actually are. It is a significant, it's a chasm between those types of departments. Give me the departments that show up, get off a rig and make a decision, fight the fire, stretch lines, perform a quick and dirty, get to ventilation if ventilation's needed, get it done, pack up, go back to the station. Give me that every single time. And I think most people would agree. There's a few out there who would say, well, gosh, I mean, we had to set up our 16 command board and our 60-inch TV to be able to see what was going on, you know, on the other side of the mountain over there. And all that's fine. I don't care what you use. You can use any technological advance you want, and I'm all for it, as long as you can cover the basics and start saving people's lives and trying your best to limit the amount of property damage. That's firefighting. In fact, it's law enforcement in a different way. Try to prevent as much crime you can and try to react quickly to try to prevent more. EMS. Of course, there's preventative care. But EMS on trauma calls, what are you trying to do? Keep the person alive, right? And it's what, it's what has to happen. In firefighting, limit the danger to civilians, save property, and obviously take care of firefighters. That's the way it works. That's the job. There's so many amateurs who get paid. I'm not talking about volunteers. I'm talking about amateurs. There are lots of volunteer departments who far exceed paid departments in the way they fight fire. There are. I watched, I've watched them, been a part of them, and it's, it's nice to see. So when I say pro versus amateur, I'm not talking about volunteers. I'm talking about people who get it. I'm talking about competence. I'm talking about core competence. And frankly, I get sick of it too. I get sick of it because if you're traveling through these areas or you're visiting or whatever the case may be, when these people go to scenes... They make the whole fire service look horrible. Piss poor decision making or no decisions. Um, just looking like total crap. That's the way it is. And it's because they're addicted to how they look as opposed to addicted to being competent. It's the difference between the minimum standards people who say, oh, well, good, I'm minimum. I'm minimum. Well, yeah, yes, you are. You are absolutely minimum. You're one step above smegma. Because if you're a minimum standards person, that's what you are. 
you can't afford to go down to your knee or you'd be below your neck in mediocrity. So, know the job. Do the job. Even if there's things you don't like about it, do the job. Too many people get the idea that this, meaning whatever situation they're in, is not going my way. Really. Here's my advice to everyone who wants to have things go their way. Go into business. Go buy, you know, go create a company, go create a brand, go do something where you are your own boss all the time, then you can set whatever standards you want. But the fact is, the overwhelming majority of people can't do that or choose not to. Therefore, there are things about your job you might not like. Uh, and I'll go with me. Um, one of the things that I hated when I first became a firefighter was we had a rule that if you went out uh, before 2100, truck had to be washed. So we ran calls. We would come back, and sometimes you'd clean the truck at, say, 1800. And then you'd run two more calls. You had to bring it back around and clean the truck again. Now, I'm not getting into the, the merits or, or, in, in, or uh, deficiencies, but it annoyed me. It did. And then I had this old battalion chief who had 40-some years on the job. He pulled me aside because he liked me. And he said, I'm with you. I wouldn't want to do it either. But you're working here. And you're going to do it. So you can look at it and go, this sucks. I hate doing it. Or you can say to yourself, this is part of the job here. That stuck with me in a big way. The here part. Some people will constantly, and I hear it all the time. Well, um, you know, I don't like what's going on here. Okay. Well, a couple choices. You can fight against it, and if you're right, you're going to win. Or you can sit here and complain about it and be miserable, which is the sort of approach that a lot of people take, right? We all do to a certain degree, uh, but maybe not so much as others. You can be miserable and make the people around you miserable. Or you can say, it's just part of the job here, right? Just let it roll. Or maybe you don't need to be here. Go over there and see what there is like. But remember, if you go over there, now you're back to, well, this is the way we do it here. No place is perfect, my friends. Um, and I wasn't going to share this, but I, I was going to wait actually till tomorrow and share it, but I'm going to do it today. I received a uh, text message from a guy I know and, um, he said, if you were starting over, would you go to a, a busy department, very busy, B a more relaxed as far as responses department that kind of focuses on both or C a department that really doesn't run a lot of calls except maybe you know little namby pamby calls but they focus more on rules and regulations and here's what i wrote back 
there's no one answer. What do you want? You know, I mean, it, it, it's legitimate to me that if there, everybody's different, right? Not everybody is, wants to be on a large urban department. They don't. Your, you know, your FDNY, Chicago, L.A., um, D.C., Philly, um, so on and so forth. You know, your, your uh, Fort Worth, your Dallas, your Houston's. Um, not everybody wants to do that, and that's fine. The world is made up of different people. As far as the middle one, it sounds really good. They focus, you know, they have enough calls, but then they also focus on some good things over here. And then, of course, you have on the other side of the extreme is a department that just focuses on um, on what they're doing. And, and basically, I think what he means is the sort of admin approach to firefighting. And that's that, you know, all our paperwork better be right, um, and uh, we want to look decent. That's the most important thing. For me, you have to understand something. Um, I've been around this since I was actually a, uh, a baby. It doesn't mean I have 55 years of experience, by the way, but I have been around it a long time. For me, it was a no-brainer. I wanted to run calls. Calls are where you learn. Calls are where you pick up on small things and big things. That's what I wanted to do. If I were starting over now, I would probably go the same route. If you get five or ten years, sometimes even less, at a fairly busy or busy department, you've got a lifetime of experience from which to build on. And if you want to go to one of those other two, hey, you got it made. I posed the same question to a friend of mine uh, who's on the East Coast this morning. I sent him a text. I said, hey, if you could do it again, what would you do? And I mentioned the three, and he said... I would go with the second one, and I would also build my own business so that I can enjoy life and yada, yada, yada. Okay, fair enough. So it all depends on what your circumstances are and what you want out of a fire department. Some people want to be a very big fish in a very, very small pond, and that's fine. Other people want to be a minnow in an ocean, and that's fine too. It doesn't matter. Where can you be most effective? Where do you think your competence rises to? There are people who like challenges or other people who are like, yeah, not, not real big on the challenges. Um, so you have, to make a cha- you have to make a choice. I don't believe that any of the three is a bad choice. I think that when you're looking at, at those particular examples, some things fit better with people's personalities, where they're at, you know, whether they're married, whether they're single, there's all sorts of things that go into it. Um, whatever you choose, though, whatever it is, just be competent. Just, be, just know your job. Finally, um, I want to talk a little bit um, about uh, the... This morning... I got a text message about a firefighter that that, uh, has died in Oklahoma. And, and, uh, you know, would I put it out if I did a podcast? And and so I'm putting it out. Somebody died at a brush or wildfire, uh, apparently separated from the vehicle and and ended up perishing. Um, 
but I'm not releasing a name. And, and so this person wrote back and said, well, you can because there are other people releasing it. I don't know. You know, I, maybe they are, but I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait because I, I know how bad I would feel if family members, friends or whatever, had not been informed. And this is not me being grand. This is not me being, oh, yeah, he's getting it. It's just from personal experience. You learn things as you get older. Um, you learn that, that trying to be the first person to say that somebody died isn't necessarily a good thing. Um, it's more important, I think, to support the department, the members, and the families, the families being first, because let's face it, um, firefighters are at the fire station, get it, totally get it, but wives and husbands and sons and daughters, aunts and uncles, there's, there's that they're there all the time, and that's where they will be in heart and soul. And so it's important, I think, to... Uh, to not be in a rush to break a story. And I wouldn't have been breaking it, but I just feel it's, it's more important to, to make sure that all notifications are done. That's a lesson learned over the last however many years. It's the way it goes. And that's the way we will do things here. Okay, until tomorrow, whatever you do, well, first of all, do your job, know your job, and stay safe.